0: Hello, everybody. Tinfoil Tom here for Unbelievable Mysteries. I have a little bit of listener mail I wanted to share with you all. This mail is from listener Brzeska. She had a very interesting story that was kind of in line with our previous episode on the Pollock twins. thought this was a very cool story I wanted to share with you all. Just as a reminder, if you have anything you want to share with us, you can do so via the Anchor app. Well, without further ado, what do you say we listen to a little bit of listener mail before we get into today's episode on The Shining?
1: Hello, Tom and Nathan. I'm following up about the Pollock Twins episode and the interest of stories in reincarnation. It's a quick one, as I don't remember much past age four, but it's something that my mom brings up to this day. At three years of age, while walking down the street unprompted, I had told my mother that in 1826, I had a brother and a sister. Mason's theory on spirits briefly passing through the living gave me pause on this, since I never again talked about this supposed life I had lived. The only other experience connected with this is one dream I had of this life, but no details of the dream make anything clearer about where or who that person may have been. Anyways, I'm loving the show so far, and I hope you keep it up.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Unbelievable Mysteries. I am your host, Tinfoil Tom, and today in the studio, we have a special guest. You might think I'm going to introduce Nathan again, since he's been the special guest on many of the episodes, but you'd be wrong. Today in studio, we have his brother, Seth.
1: (laughs) Wow! What an exciting reveal. Incredible. I'm sure they're all pumped now
0: everybody's probably edge of their seats right now mm. being like, how did you, how did you secure who? Yeah. Who said, yeah. I think a lot of people, and that's the thing that Nathan, and I talked about since podcast is a totally different audience. Right. So even when we've talked about like, Oh, here's Nathan. We always think that because we do YouTube stuff a lot, uh, or internet stuff that a lot of our audience, and I'm sure that a lot of our audience is finding all of this stuff. Uh, but we're, we need to think bigger than that that this is going out to a podcast audience now too um mm. uh,
1: so, so for, definitely who well definitely who so uh
0: <laughs> seth, why don't you uh we'll do a quick introduction seth what 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 do you do what do you what do you what are you working on
1: oh, well what I do is I get up in the morning and i eat, <laughs> I stay awake and I go back to bed <laughs> what I'm working on right now it's still the same thing that some of the Original viewers, listeners may be aware of my mm. feature film.
0: I've been working on this for quite a while, too. A this is years in the process. when it, When is this? Exp- well, why don't we, tell everybody a little bit about your film. Uh, you've been working on this film for a couple of years. I'm not going to go into
1: too much detail about the movie, but it's almost done. It's a feature, my first debut feature. It's currently getting the sound mix as we speak.
0: Congratulations.
1: And uh, I'm hoping to get it back. I'm going to write to the sound mixer tomorrow. See if they got any updates for me, but I'm hoping to get it back within the next week. Next. Nice. So when can Whenever the date is today. Well, a this, week from today.
0: We're recording this uh middle of September, getting towards the third week in yeah. September. Um so I mean by the time this podcast it'll this podcast will be out uh tomorrow or oh, later, to the next day. Okay. Yeah, it'll be out pretty
1: soon. So you'll have this out then before I get the mix. Probably. Before you get the mix. <laughs>
0: When are you expecting your film to be seen by the masses?
1: By the masses? Well, one can hope sooner than later. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, once the uh, the sound mix is done, it's going to get color timed, which hopefully will be faster than the sound mix because there's not a whole lot to, to do. You know, you can just sort of per shot paste in the color correction. It doesn't have to be frame by frame because I'm not looking for any kind of Special look. I just want it to look natural, like it looked yeah. when we shot it. And then, I I think it's gonna. Well, I'm gonna submit it to film festivals this month. I'm gonna set, submit it as a work in progress. So pretty soon. So if it gets into film festivals, potentially people could see it. Like if for some reason it got into like Slam Dance Film Festival, you could see it there. Yeah. So so people could realistically see this film.
0: And uh, what uh, what was the name of the film? I always forget the name uh what is the name of this film the name of this
1: film is still tentative it's tentative okay but at this time it's called all boredom amused all
0: boredom amused that's right
1: um and this movie i have seen bits and
0: pieces of it seth is this is something about seth that not everybody i mean i guess there's been bits and pieces to our existing audience that kind of know a little bit about the seth mind Mm. seth doesn't like to show his finished he doesn't like to show works in progress he waits until it's it's done it's out um, yeah. so I've only seen snippets of the film from what I've seen it looks really good um, and he had me do a little cameo a little voiceover so
1: I saw that uh, yeah. I saw that part Keep your ears out for that yeah
0: it's just a little quick little quick Easter egg in there um, thank you for having me uh-huh. be involved in the movie P-
1: perfect voice for the uh, for the for the role you were it's a for. it's a radio
0: show host DJ, in, in yeah. incest movie um, for anybody who wants to see an example of Cess work he has a film. I think you can find it on Vimeo. It's called Solar. Oh, yeah, I think it's a, if you look for Nathan Barnett. I think it's on Nathan's, it's on Nathan's page because okay. I didn't have
1: a page that could allow me to upload that much data.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> so if you in. want to see an example of Seth's work, he's a very talented independent filmmaker. Hopefully, eventually, he will not be an independent filmmaker. He will just. I'll be, always be an independent. Filmmaker. Well, <laughs> I mean, you'll be getting like bigger budget. Perhaps I'll be getting stuff. money
1: from investors, but I'll definitely be independent. I'll never. Yeah. Really probably looking to make him, but you'll be a filmmaker brother you'll be a
0: filmmaker with a budget at that point yeah. uh, but if you want to see an example of something that he shot pretty much entirely by himself i think with the exception of a few shots there, yeah, uh, two shots solar is a movie he did a couple years ago that is on nathan barnett his brother yeah. uh, on his vimeo page so check that out and then be on the lookout for tentatively all boredom amused, all
1: boredom amused.
0: you also shot or you did a pilot with Charlene Yee or you did a concept with Charlene we Yee we did a
1: yeah a proof of concept piece because we wrote a script and then we thought oh let's make this into a short mm-hmm. so that we can then show it to producers and investors and we were working with a company that will remain unnamed but <laughs> i know the name of the company but not, i'm not going to say It did not work now. out with them so we decided to not go with them so Charlene and I decided to do it ourselves. Yeah, and, uh, and she she funded this yeah. project. Yeah, and then we filmed it ourselves. Uh, this past God, when did we filmed it, mm, I want to like say six that was months ago. It
0: was huh? before
1: the pandemic. Oh, yeah. It must have been January. I think we shot it in January. Yeah, because I was
0: here and I remember you guys shooting that. I'm. I also have. It's almost been like eight I, or nine months. I have another radio phone call thing. Uh, Cameo in that thing. That's Uh, right.
1: That's right. Is there, so that, the proof of concept, is
0: that going to be available for people to see online?
1: Uh, Not anytime soon. Okay. Because that is something that has unlicensed music in it and we're using it specifically to pitch to investors and stuff. So we can't put it anywhere technically. And we don't, that wasn't the purpose for it. It was just so that. It's
0: just to show investors. Yeah.
1: And I mean, at some point, I'm sure, like when we make the feature, I'm sure if that doesn't actually make it into the film, because we'll probably have to reshoot that stuff. Yeah. But the, um, we could um, what do you call it? Put it in like a bonus features on the Yeah. The, and one of the reasons I think we can't use that footage is because by the time we make this film, if it's like say like twelve months from now, it will will look a little bit different. I think. Sure. Because it'll have been say a year and a half or so, and also. I won't have that car anymore. Oh, yeah. I'm going to use my car in that. So and there's no way I'm going to hang on to that car for another two years. Yeah, yeah. So, but well, anyway, who knows? A, but, lot, yeah. a,
0: a lot of exciting stuff coming from Seth Barnett, brother of Nathan Barnett. Brother uh, of Nathan. But, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty excited to, I, I actually, like, I'm legitimately excited to see your feature. I, like, it's a full
1: movie. It surprises me that anybody would be excited to see it.
0: I think at this point, it's been like something you've been working on for so long. I mean, part of the reason I just so like, I want to see
1: what it is. Part of the reason it took so long is because there was no money. Yeah. I didn't make all my, I made it on unemployment.
0: <laughs> yeah. So basically if you want to see a movie that Seth made pretty exclusive, well, also some viewer, some viewer back.
1: No, no. I, I, I shot the film. Oh, but all the post-production on has been like my backing. unemployment. And then I <laughs> ran out of unemployment. Just call the movie unemployment. <laughs> I ran out of unemployment and then I did a little fundraiser on Indiegogo for the mixes and stuff. No, no, for like to finish out the last few shots. I didn't have any money oh, for gas okay. and stuff and I had to uh pay for sound on yep. that third act. So I so it cost a lot more money than the first two acts. And so I raised 3000 bucks and I finished all the principal photography. I was like 3 quarters done and mm-hmm. then I couldn't finish cuz I didn't have my then we shot all the rest of that stuff out with my friend who's a cinematographer and our friend Peter who is like a professional sound technician. And then I was editing it for about six to eight months. <laughs> and after I finally finished getting all the pickup stuff that I needed, I had no money obviously. And so right. then we did another little fundraising stream online where we raised 3500 bucks for the sound mix. Yeah, so thank you to all Which the... Which is crazy because the sound thank mix... Thank you to all the investors. The sound mix is more expensive. I think it's almost as expensive as the film. Which is crazy, but yeah. I mean that's... Or half yeah. as expensive, half the price.
0: But I think that's a thing that um, many of our viewers on the internet... Because I
1: can't do that myself. I did yeah. everything myself in the first two-thirds of
0: the movie. And that's hard to convey. I know that Nathan has had this issue. Or not like an issue, but sometimes people just don't understand like the breakdown of like, oh, if you hire... A professional cameraman, yeah, that one person's salary could be thousands of dollars. So yeah, film, I mean, film, like is a very, cheap, very a,
1: an average cinematographer, it's like fifteen hundred dollars a day for yeah. like a low for a deal,
0: right? Or like a sound mixer or an editor.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or so a, you're a, shooting for a, thirty days. Yeah. That's over thirty thousand. It's like thirty five thousand dollars just for this cinematographer. So anyway, yeah, right, it's super expensive. But that's why I, I just did it within my means, and I shot. The first act myself and the second act i shot with another friend and she had a camera and then the third act is with my other friend aaron who's got like the nice cinematic camera
0: yeah and aaron's done a lot of stuff with nathan you'll you've seen uh, aaron's work aaron yeah. meister you've seen his work um in neutral in milford um yeah. and also on the dad series all those bigger episodes or like the studio stuff is aaron so yeah. a lot of the the better-looking stuff is... I mean, Aaron's a real cinematographer. Yeah, he's professional. He works. He's a professional. Uh, speaking, of film, speaking of film... Speaking of Films. Speaking of films... Oh, God. Today's episode is on one of our favorite... Oh, it's one of my favorite movies. I know it's one of your favorite movies, so I thought you were a good guest to have on.
1: Uh-huh. It's on
0: The Shining. We're oh, going to go over some of the themes is. of the film, some of the mysteries regarding this film. I and- <laughs> can't wait to hear... I've got some good ones. So what I wanted, the way that I wanted to present this ridiculous concept. Well, I've got some, and this has been from articles on the internet. Also, um, a a lot of this is from a documentary about The Shining called Room 237. Really interesting documentary that I recommend everybody check out. But this is more of a conversational episode anyway, so. So what do you got on The Shining? Well, before we get into today's episode, I'm getting word from our producers. Uh. That we have to take a quick commercial break. Okay. We'll be back right after these words.
1: When you're looking for a treat to freshen taste and keep breath sweet, get double smoothness, flavor too. Get the gum that's double good to chew. Double
0: your pleasure, double your fun with double the double the double mint gum. All right, and we're back. Thank you again for being here. We're with uh, Seth Barnett, still here, filmmaker. Extraordinaire. A filmmaker who knew he was there. Who, filmmaker who knew he was there. And today's <laughs> episode uh, is on one of my favorite movies. Um, it's on The Shining. And we're going to talk about some of the just some of the themes of the film, um, some of the mysteries regarding the film. And I thought, who better to talk about this with than Seth, who is also a fan of this movie. So without further ado, we'll just jump right into it. Yeah. We'll talk about it. I'll present them to you, and I, I'll do it one... I'll do it one theme at a time, and then we'll just talk about it. So, just according to Wikipedia, the internet, for anybody who's not familiar with what The Shining is, The Shining is a 1980 psychological horror film produced and directed by the great director Stanley Kubrick and co-written with novelist Diane Johnson. Mm -hmm. The film is based on Stephen King's 1977 novel of the same name, although I will say the novel is very different than the movie, uh, but we'll talk about that a little bit. And uh, it stars Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, Scatman Crothers, and Danny Lloyd. Uh, and I would argue that Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall put in some of the defining roles of their careers in this movie.
1: Yeah, she definitely, you know, she was really big. I mean, she wasn't very, that that made her really big, I think, that because it was such a big exposure to that film. But she had done a lot of other stuff that I didn't know about. Um. She's in Popeye. She's in Popeye, but she did a movie a couple of Robert Altman movies. Mm. She was in um Three Women, I think is the name of the movie.
0: And then later later in her, thinking of later in her life she went
1: way off the I, I don't know. She's But like, she was good in this other movie. I think it was called Faces or something. And she plays like this woman who like she's like got, she's like kind of a loser. And she's like uh mm you know, I can't, it's, it's just a really well done character where she's like, she has all this stuff that isn't true and she tries to impress people around her but actually she's like a loser and everyone else kind of makes fun of her and then you start to see that, oh, she's just like putting on like this, like, anyway, it's really good. She's well, um,
0: well. she's a good actress. But um, she was unknown too. She was yeah. like,
1: he just hired her, to, she was like from Texas and she wasn't yeah, an actor yeah, yeah. and like. It's a shame
0: that she had, um, she's had some some troubles so, in so recent she years. Had quite a, she had quite an oh, yeah.
1: acceleration in her career.
0: She was, yeah, she's really, she's really good in this movie. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to discuss the film and we're going to dive into some of the mysteries regarding the film, its themes, and more. What really happened at the Overlook Hotel? Well,
1: nothing, because it was fiction.
0: Join us today on <laughs> Unbelievable Mysteries as we discuss, hey, suspension of disbelief. So first, and I'm going to go right into these themes. This is my first theme of the film or like what I think, this is my first interpretation of the film. We'll just discuss, we'll discuss some ideas here. So we're gonna jump right into the first one here where what was going on in The Shining? And the first interpretation that I have for you here is, Jack is in hell. (laughs) God. (laughs) So in this theory, Jack is in hell, he's dead and he's forced to relive the madness over and over again. The hotel is punishing him for wrong deeds in his life, perhaps the murder of his family or the abuse, he has forced them to suffer and he is forced to agonize over this again and again as some form of punishment. A user on the film, uh, on a message board I found, thinks that Jack, quote, uh, Jack had visited the hotel initially with his family in 1921 and his death at the hotel eternally trapped his soul to the hotel. Jack is then reincarnated over and over again to relive his insanity at the hotel without ever realizing that he has already lived the same life over and over countless times, end quote.
1: Mm.
0: I do like this theory that Jack is stuck in some version of hell, but I think the user is a little off here by including, he just includes all these different other things, like reincarnation, which is like a totally different thing. Um, It's definitely a possible theme that Jack is stuck in some form of hell on this endless loop. And you'll see that like, I think that, this user from this message board was like onto something with this theory. Um, The whole like everything loops and like reincarnation. But he kind of took a bunch of different things on this theory and it was like, okay, well you got to pick and choose which one you want to do here. I mean, it could be, I mean,
1: it's a fine theory. I don't think anyone could be proven right or wrong unless Stephen King just said so. But like any of these kinds of things could be possible. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, sure. That's your interpretation of it. That was his interpretation. And I
0: think that this one is like, yeah, it's like I kind of liked it.
1: I don't know if you're getting at the point where like one of these would have been correct or definitive. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Stanley, I mean, um, Stephen King would. I don't I don't know if he had an opinion about something like if it was like a theme behind it all. I'm not sure. I mean, for me, it seems like he just basically wrote lots of stories to sort of do self-therapy on his alcoholic father.
0: I think so, too. Yeah. I mean, especially in this one, like, and we'll get into that in uh, a little bit, but, like, I think there's a lot of themes of abuse in this in this movie. Yeah. But the whole thing being in hell, I liked it, but like, this particular theory from this, this was just some random message board that I found mm. that it was, like, a film message board. And this user, he kind of, like, started the idea that he was now like i like that i like that this is like he's in like purgatory or whatever yeah but it didn't he kind of just took so many different things from it didn't really make sense especially my big like well i'm like if he was stuck in 1921 why did it have a modern setting yeah yeah it was like weird like that but he did touch on something that is my next theory here or next theme of what the shining may actually be about which is reincarnation so In the previous theory that kind of leads me into this jack could be a reincarnated version of some previous occupant of the Mm. hotel perhaps someone who died there and is drawn back to the hotel again and again to commit some murderous act this would explain someone like grady the previous caretaker saying lines like you've always been the caretaker i should know sir i've always been here
1: yeah i mean that makes sense in its own way where it's like oh yeah He's always been there. Like, it was just the soul or whatever that keeps. And it's just a loop coming back. through different bodies.
0: Yeah. It's just like this looping pattern. Um, Grady, a previous caretaker now manifesting as a Butler in that bathroom scene has no recollection of previously being the caretaker, but then later on in the scene seems to be aware when he tells Jack to correct his family. Mm. Um, He seems to be aware that he murdered his family then, even though he wasn't before, or he was lying. And he's basically telling Jack to murder his family. Could this malevolent spirit or spirit manifest themselves in reincarnated forms over and over again? And does the hotel push people who are susceptible to this to commit these deeds over and over again? So the hotel gets these people who are reincarnated and Mm. then preys upon their weaknesses Mm. to push them to do these acts over and over again.
1: I mean, these are all just speculations, right? These aren't, like, things that need... Kubrick
0: never confirmed anything.
1: Not yeah, really. yeah, 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 yeah. Or are Stephen just... King.
0: King more so, but, uh, like, Kubrick... I think the only thing that I read that Kubrick confirmed is that a lot of people were, like... One theory that he both of them shot down is that there were never ghosts in the hotel. And then both Kubrick and King have both shot that down, saying, no, there was definitely, like... A supernatural force in the hotel and like you're wrong by saying that there wasn't like it was all in jack's head
1: you're wait what are you saying that some people that there's stephen king and Stephen stanley kubrick said that there have, were no ghosts
0: well there's a theory that like everything was just all in jack's head like he was like crazy oh yeah which he yeah. you know kind of was well that's kind of what
1: the book plays with though that's the whole thing in the book where like the during the book the hotel is trying to make him think that he's crazy. Yeah. And it keeps doing all these things that like could be in your head. Yeah. But they're, but it seems weird that they would be. So basically like, and it keeps trying to wear him down to like give in and he won't acknowledge stuff. And like, that's so, that's why that scene is like really scary with like the woman in the room.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, Did you read the book?
1: I've read some of the book. I read the book and like that scene is the scariest scene in the book. And he, the thing is like, if he doesn't look, yeah. It doesn't like count.
0: Yeah. And
1: the same thing with Danny. Like, Danny will keep his back to the animal, the shrub animals. And then they, they, they can't do and, anything. And to every him. time, but every time he uh, looks at them, I can't remember which one it is. Every time he looks at them, they move. But if he doesn't look at them, oh, they won't. Oh, yeah, move. yeah, yeah. So he has to just keep walking toward the hotel through the snow. And it's just pretty scary. And the same thing with the woman in the room and like the father, he wa- he goes in and like he he, he can't. Get himself to draw the curtain back in the bathroom. Yeah, because he thinks if I draw this curtain back, I am accepting that I believe something could be here. And he's and it's like a whole psychological thing. And the fact that if he if he pulls the curtain back, that's him admitting, okay, I believe that something could be here. But if he doesn't pull the curtain back, it means that I don't think anything could be there. I'm not even going to look. So him and Danny have the same. They have the same sort of thing going on, like because that's why they're both doing the shine and like and then it's scary because he walks away from the curtain in the bathroom and as he's like getting to the door, he hears like water mm. and like f- wet footsteps and then the footsteps are like slow, faster, 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 faster. And he closes the door right behind him and he doesn't look ever. <laughs> and then you see the door shuts and you hear the footsteps like do 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 up to the door. They run the door. And then he looks at the eyepiece, you know, the peephole. Yeah. And then it goes from like light to dark to light. And so he can see. Yeah. So, So the hotel like in these very subtle ways we're like, oh, it could be a trick of the light, it could be moving over my head, or it could be someone moving in front of the eye. It IP. could be supernatural. So it's like, it plays like these psychological games the whole time, and it just keeps wearing him down. Yeah. But I believe that it is happening.
0: Yeah, and that's... I think
1: that something paranormal is happening, supernatural is happening in the hotel. And that's... A lot of people point to, like, less so the King
0: version, or the King book, the source material... Because in the King version, there's definitely something more supernatural to play. Whereas, it even
1: mentions like a burial ground or something. The hotel was built on a burial ground. It does ground. in the
0: movie, not in the book.
1: Oh, no. I thought it was in the book.
0: No, that was added in the movie. Oh, oh I must have mixed them up. Um, so let's get into this next thing here. So
1: that one I can deal with, the reincarnation. Yeah.
0: So this next one is Apollo 11 um and you may be picking this up now folks uh, oh we we have a gardener and it sounds like they're gonna be right outside they are
1: at this very lawn (laughs) can you pause or uh we could do a cut here you could do a cut it might be worth just doing a cut and then just splicing together yeah i could do that because he's gonna do everything right now he's gonna be yeah although i hear radio shows and they're like oh you may hear the weed whacker in the background it's
0: just gonna pick it up i mean
1: just pause it right oops we had uh, a
0: little bit of a hiccup there our uh, our whole neighborhood has gardeners that show up and a gardener showed up with a leaf blower and all that stuff and we as you heard a few seconds ago now this is 20 or 30 minutes 20 minutes down the line uh, I started
1: leaf blowing around the house so we took a took a quick uh quick break a momentary lapse in the recording process that was a that was a little bit of a pun from or a little bit of a joke from the shining because mm-hmm. it was a momentary lapse of muscular just, something or other a
0: momentary lapse of judgment i think is oh it's it's a, it's something a, like that is the line um <laughs> uh, but yeah he just uh he just uh, finished up the thing seth gave him a root beer it's, yeah. uh, it's pretty hot outside seth offered him a root beer and he did take the root beer
1: i've been wanting to give him a cold drink for so long and <laughs> every time he comes over i don't we don't have any bottled beverages but you just went camping had extra yeah. root beer so i had one finally to offer
0: So all all is well and we can get back into uh now we can go
1: back back into the shining so you were saying yeah. so you were going is, to the
0: next theme or? this is the next one it's apollo 11. oh yeah and oh god this is a, this is what you wanted you wanted the the big time like as in the space mission oh yeah to the moon and here i'm going to present a little bit of evidence here for you so it's fairly well known it's a fairly well-known conspiracy that Stanley Kubrick, quote-unquote, and I'm doing air quotes, air quotes, faked the moon landing. It's a very known... It's a well-known conspiracy theory. Conspiracy. I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying it's a very Stanley well-known... Stanley
1: Kubrick faked
0: the moon landing. I, I mean, look into it. You know I'm what?
1: A, I'm not saying it's true, but... This is so stupid, because had he not made Space Odyssey... Nobody would say that. Nobody would ever say it. No. It's only because he made a science fiction movie that blew people's minds and the, the, that they thought, we'll pin it on him. Well, there yeah so
0: this is a theory that wraps into the shining i mean kubrick and the moon landing are fairly synonymous in conspiracy thir- circles so what isn't as discussed is that he told us about his involvement in the shining who did stanley stanley kubrick told us of his involvement in the shining he told us that he was involved in this conspiracy in the movie the shining so according to this theory kubrick felt he needed to disclose his involvement and peppered in some clues in the film The Shining. Unbelievable. Including Danny wearing a homemade Apollo 11 oh, sweater God.
1: in the film in the scene where he enters room 237. I hate this stuff because it's like you can, and I can also say it has something to do with the tennis tournament because there's a tennis ball that rolls over to him right. in the car. Like you could say anything about any inanimate thing in the movie, and you could pin something on it. Right. So you're saying that the NASA sweater or whatever he's wearing? Or- so the
0: theory kinda, I mean, it delves into this theory because uh, it the, the nature of Stanley Kubrick being so meticulous about all of his shots, in that like why is Danny choosing to wear a homemade, because it's like a homemade sweater, it's like a one of a kind, and why is he choosing to wear this uh, homemade sweater in The Shining if not for some, like, coincidence. This, can, this is what the theorist states.
1: I can tell you what my first thought is why he's wearing that. Because it's just cool. Because as a kid growing up, when your parents don't have a lot of money, your your parents make you clothing. And yeah. And that's like, oh, my mom crocheted me this cool sweater. I mean, people will believe what they want to believe, but... That's the more logical reason. Right. Uh, and the documentary, Room
0: 237, really goes into this theory. It states that it is possible oh, that... This was a nod, not only a nod to his involvement in the shining, but there's also a little bit more. so they also say in the documentary what uh, that statement. the key in the lock of the room itself because if you remember the key is in the door and it's open yeah. so is also a clue, oh. and what they say is that the letter the letters of the word "room" and the n on number are the only things capitalized on the uh, little thing hanging off the key. And what words can you make besides room? Wait a minute. With those on. capital Which letters.
1: Which letters are capitalized? All of room? All of
0: room. And, and then the, N? And then the N. And what letters can you make out of that? Except you can only make room
1: and moon. But what do you do with the R? It just drop it just drops it off. It just disappears in According outer space. to this
0: theory, it just drops, it drops off and
1: also outer <laughs> space. Another garbage theory because you can make... Also, you can't make any word out of R-O-O-M-N. But you can make moon if you forget as as that the I R exists. But you can make moon if you drop the R. Well, guess exactly. what? Exactly. I can make the word moon out of the word troop and monopoly if I drop all the so other there, letters. So then for...
0: Stanley Cooper probably owns monopoly and he owns <laughs> goof troop too. Oh, I hate it. They also say... I hate it. That... so.
1: In the novel, it's room 217, but in the movie, it's room 237. Like these things that you just like take for granted, like you just say, oh, yeah, that's just how you write. So you can see the room and number is always written with an uppercase and a little O. It's just the way things are done. But once like you get somebody who's got a conspiracy theory because they don't have any intelligence or something, (laughs) they don't have any understanding as to, oh, this is the way things have always been done. There's no conspiracy behind it. They just think, oh, this must be because of this. I mean, like everyone knows that be. numbers and oh, little o. Oh. I mean, if you well, well, we'll we'll talk about this other this other part of the theory as far as here, I know. too.
0: So in the novel, it's room two seventeen, Mon- but in Mooner,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: but in the in 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 the movie, it's room two three seven. And Kubrick has said it's because he didn't want people trying to, like, actually book that room and, like...
1: They at No, no. The hotel, the hotel asked requested to. specifically okay. for them to ch- change the room number because they thought no one would stay in that room in their hotel. Now, what if I told you
0: that, according to this theory... Oh, God. It's because... Oh, you have
1: another reason.
0: What if I told you that it's because the moon is approximately 237,000 miles That's from true. Earth...
1: That's true. It's true, but the median and distance... And it's actually more
0: like 238,000.
1: The median the distance of the moon is about 238. Right, but according so, to this theory... So, why not make it room 238? But according to this theory, that data existed at the time
0: that it was 237,000. So Kubrick was like, if I choose 237, two, that's just another subtle nod
1: to this actually... My question is, if it's a conspiracy, uh-huh. it's his top secret... Secret. Cooper felt so guilty he needed Why did he to have to give these Easter egg
0: hints? Because he wanted us to know that he knew that we knew that we knew and he needed to pepper This is kind of
1: like this kind of things that come out of someone's mouth who's in a straitjacket in a padded room. Right. But now I want you to know that I know that you know but that there, I'm crazy. But
0: there are there are theorists here uh like filmmaker Jay Wiedner uh he also talks about a lot of it comes from room two through seven this theory in particular and filmmaker jay weedner here um he talks about numerous bears being in the film (laughs) representing the russians and the nasa symbols uh in the movie showcase more of this theory filmmaker jay weedner goes on to state in the documentary room 237 quote kubrick was faking the making of a stephen king novel in order to reveal the idea of what he went through end quote so he Say he, that again? The Kubrick whole was faking? So according to this filmmaker, the entire reason that Kubrick took this movie is that so he could change the story enough and pepper in enough clues that he could be like, see, I did fake the moon landing and I'm so telling he, you about it. So basically the he driving purpose of this. The
1: Shining for this filmmaker's opinion is that he made The Shining so that he could share some secrets that he had faked. The if moon you believe the theory of Jay filmmaker Jay Weedner. When was the moon landing? Nineteen
0: sixty
1: nine. Nine. Yeah. Then why not do it in like Barry Lyndon? Because that movie came out before the show. Because Kubrick's guilt had
0: accumulated over time, and he he needed he
1: just couldn't take it couldn't anymore. take it anymore. And I he, think we're making excuses
0: for him. Uh, last but not least is the prominent positioning, and this is this is something that you know maybe this is just a filmmaker's eye or whatever, but there is very visually camera facing prominent. Uh, positioning of Tang containers in yeah, I've seen them. which are known to have been consumed by astronauts True. during the Apollo space and program. And also
1: Tang became very popular also in very the p- 70s and 80s. It's also very popular.
0: So this is the, <laughs> this is the craziest theory I think by far.
1: <laughs> They're so all
0: stupid. I, I had to include this one because this one can be shot down by... It's fun to There's entertain. There's Tang
1: in the movie. The astronauts drank Tang. That means Stanley Kubrick faked the moon landing. Bingo. Bingo. (laughs) Not to mention the extreme expense that it would have taken to make that moon landing fake. I mean, the $30 billion swindle
0: perpetuated by NASA. No, no.
1: To keep that story covered up. Oh, yeah. Trillions of dollars. To pay those people would be... Pay off everybody. Insurmountable amounts of money. It would be... Unbelievable. You would would, never be... You couldn't pay off all those people if you gave him a trillion dollars because would not have that much money
0: i mean i just felt like this one was like by by far the most outlandish theory presented in this documentary and can be easily be shot down but it is fun to think about it's fun to think like okay did kubrick is is he is he giving us like a little wink and a nod is that what all of this is but like i I will say that this one's the most fun theory now the last thing that i wanted to talk about and this one i actually thought is the most plausible this one I present to you is plausible. Any of them are plausible because it's just someone's opinion. But this, to me, I think is the most plausible. So oh, I guess
1: that's not plausible. It's just like these are all just opinions.
0: They're all well, yeah. It's like Kubrick's not here to say,
1: "This is what I made the movie." His about. daughter went on record at an award event, and she said. All of the conspiracy stuff surrounding Stanley and the moon landing and all these things all is all BS, she said.
0: Yeah. So I mean this I mean mostly these things are just fun to think about, but this one I did think that there were enough themes presented in the film that I was like, "Oh, I'm like this actually like is interesting." And what that is, is, is that the film is actually about uh atrocities and genocide and abuse. It's like about all these cycles of it. So this one is pretty interesting, and in this theory, it's possible Kubrick was using The Shining as a metaphor to show the atrocities that man has committed over time. According to ABC News correspondent Bill Blakemore, many examples in The Shining point towards abuse against Native Americans uh, by settlers in America.
1: Just pause right there. Just because he's on ABC doesn't mean he has any kind of brain. No, but I I just wanted to include this. (laughs) I just hate when there's conspiracy theorists say, they try to accredit them as if they have some kind of, like,
0: uh, credential. I I was giving credit to the the source. No, I know you're not.
1: I'm just saying that these conspiracies are always...
0: uh, This is also covered in Room 237, this documentary. Uh, But according to Blakemore, he immediately recognized the calumet, which is... uh, that baking soda that's prominently positioned, and there's photographs of Kubrick moving this uh, this baking powder in there's in the archives of Kubrick actually you know manipulating this to face more camera mm. uh, baking logo on some very screen forward cans in the film, and Blakemore, being a resident of Chicago since boyhood, recognized "calumet" as a Native American word for peace pipe. Uh, many motifs around the hotel depict Native Americans. And an early uh, on insertion of a few lines, and this wasn't in the book, but it was in the movie, about the hotel being the site of an ancient burial ground by the hotel's manager uh, when showing the torrents around the property that they were going to watch in the winter. Is also, it's like, oh yeah, that is weird that he decided to include this line that wasn't in the book. Uh, these lines seem to set up what's to come. Uh, is it just a setup uh, for what would be a typical horror movie, like, oh, it's the the the, the bones of the ancient burial ground or bringing all the ghosts back? Or is there something more to that? The old ancient burial ground type trope, uh, you know, maybe. Uh, or is there more, as Blake would, uh, Blakemore would suggest? Blakemore goes on further to suggest that the entire theme for the film is a cry against genocide and racism, And how most people would choose to ignore it like people would look away from that they're just ignore that all this stuff happened in the past um native american motifs are in almost every shot the music at the start of the film is uh it's a piece called and i'm probably mispronouncing this called dies are played in it's a song that is typically played at funeral masses for the european catholic church grady is the ghost of uh, a past played by a british man could he be representative of the sins that have come before only to be cycled through Jack and its current iteration? A spirit of the horrors of colonialism from years past and the subsequent refusal to acknowledge these atrocities by later Wait, generations.
1: you're saying that one of the connections is because this piece of music is connected to funerals It's in, like setting the entire movie up as like a funeral. But because it, as a funeral or it has something to do with the fact that Europeans use this piece of music...
0: I think it's just setting the tone the as like this movie is about like it's a funeral.
1: Also, that song is just very ominous. It's, it's, isn't it a Bartok
0: piece? I don't recall the. I mean, maybe yeah, but like it. I according to my uh, according to my notes here, um, that f- music is used by the European Catholic Church at funeral marches. Hmm. So just to say, I mean, maybe it's just setting a tone, but still, it's interesting. Um, and so we had. Going well, to, going back it, to your it, it's by no
1: coincidence that Stanley Kubrick was it, it emotionally responded to this piece of music. Yeah. And people also use it at funerals because the movie's a horror movie. It's supposed to be sort of ominous and foreboding. And so this right. piece of music is foreboding and ominous, so it just, but it just matches.
0: But it just sets the tone.
1: Um, also, um, so we just covered Grady. Also, that hotel... I mean, it's based off the Iwani Hotel in Yosemite. Mm-hmm. 99% of, or not 99 you know, a lot of that hotel is based off of the, the big rooms, all that. Right. Stuff. But that is all Native American inspired, that real hotel. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what that comes from. Whether or not he chose it because he was trying to make a statement about the genocide of the Native Americans, I don't I
0: know. I think, well, not only that, and that's what I'll, I'll talk about here. And I thought this was interesting, too. The more I thought about this, I was like, yeah, I'm like, this does kind of make sense. So take even the later on death of Halloran. Halloran is the only other person killed in the movie besides Jack. Yeah. And Halloran is a person of color and he's the only one killed by Jack on his rampage. I always think about that. I'm always like, oh, I feel bad. Yeah. This connection between Grady and Jack uh, and Halloran's death is
1: meaningful, I think. Just because he was like such a nice guy. I always felt bad. It's like, why did he... I guess that's why they do it in the book. That yeah. It's like... It's uh, upsetting. So... British uh, so British
0: Grady represents colonialism in the British Empire whereas Jack represents America and its treatment of Native Americans and people of color the sins of the past repeating in this cycle this would also suggest that Jack's deja vu moment uh, when he phones Wendy telling her he's got the job at the beginning of the film he's always been there he just chose to forget about what he's done also this is a very odd detail. and this is this Wait, what is actually-
1: does that mean about when he calls Wendy and, and
0: what he, like, when he just has the date, he's like I forget the exact line, but he's like, you know, he's like, I feel like I've always been here. He just has this deja vu moment. He says that he, on the phone or he says that when he's eating breakfast in bed? I believe he says that on the phone.
1: I don't remember. Maybe he says
0: that. it in bed. I don't I'd mean, have to watch, say something I just watched this movie not too long ago. But he does make a line about how I've always been here. And maybe that's just, he's remembering. Well, I remember
1: when he's in bed and they're shooting through the mirror. They say, he's like, he's like, you know, I love it here. He's like, I feel part of me feels like I have you know I've always, always maybe been here. i need always maybe I need to maybe go goes, back I just, I just watched
0: the movie and now I need to but like, I don't know he might say something line. on the phone uh, I'm sure somebody will leave a comment when he calls so, her he
1: says something about he's like I'll be here for another hour or something I won't be home until later
0: yeah but it regard he does say a line that he has a deja vu moment uh, in the film also and this is a very odd detail and this is something that I didn't pick up like ever until somebody pointed this out um at the beginning of the film when Jack is waiting to be interviewed for the job as the caretaker, he's reading a Playgirl magazine. Not mm. only that, but prominently on the cover of this Playgirl magazine, there is an article about incest and child abuse. It's really hard to see the cover of that magazine. People have blown it up and like they, yeah, they've but it like shown can it something you
1: when you watch the film.
0: But was did Stanley Kubrick put this in there as uh, like a thing to point out to the audience? was jack abusing his son and wendy and they just chose to forget it like he's getting away with it he's getting away with all this stuff like was this about jack wait why would the playgirl have anything to do with the abuse because there's an article from that particular issue people people have said yeah people have pointed out on that on that particular article there's an article on the cover and i believe it says incest why parents abuse their children and it's like, um, is this like a nod to like, oh, he's abusing Danny? I mean, it could be because like he did hurt Danny in the book. Right. And there's the whole thing about like when and Wendy and Wendy then chooses to be like that whole thing with when he pulls Danny's arm and like yeah, breaks it or what whatever. And he she says, oh, it's just one of those things you do a hundred times. You yeah. just pulled him too hard. Yeah. And like, was this like,
1: oh, Jack is also abusive towards his family maybe but also even if he was intending to show that in the film you can't see it like well, you, you cannot even if you pause the movie you can't even see the cover but
0: people have pointed this out being like oh this is a very odd detail
1: uh, yeah i mean he's at such an angle that it's like the only reason i knew i thought it was a plague boy people have said online they've they've blown it up that it's they've said it's a playgirl magazine but it looks like it says playboy that when i paused it to look i had heard that once but it's at such a steep angle that you can hardly even see it.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it's it's a very odd detail. Like I I don't. I mean, why did Kubrick put this in? It's like only Kubrick knows at this point. I mean, I guess Jack Nicholson would know, but Jack Nicholson, as far as I know, hasn't really like disc- mm. like disclosed. Oh, here's what Stanley was thinking. Was but, it just a goof like to put in there? Like might have been,
1: but Jack Nicholson might have done it.
0: Yeah, he he could. I mean, Jack Nicholson ad libbed the line. Here's Johnny.
1: Yeah, I mean, he might just thought it'd be funny I reading this.
0: Maybe, but it is coincidental that there's an article about child abuse. Yeah. So, I mean, that's weird. Also, um, Albion history professor Jeffrey Cox points out many patterns of the number 42 in the film. The number pops up pretty often. I've heard some of this. this is so stupid, though, because you can add up anything to make 42. So the, what he points out is that this could be a reference to 1942, a year significant in regards to many atrocities carried out by Germany during World War II. Uh um, the Holocaust. this is when a lot of those yeah a lot of atrocities were happening, yeah, but they were happening in forty three and forty four as well but this was a year of like particular significance uh for for that time for germany for germany's like a, a, like atrocities uh across Europe and uh, against the world. also, Jack uses an old German typewriter um uh, and that was people were, had pointed that out being like why is like out of all the typewriters Stanley cooper could have chosen. Why is he using this old German
1: typewriter? Because it's just the way it looks, I think it's like it looks so big and
0: also, heavy. and this is something that this is my own thing. Being like, my mind has been blown with this theory. I made this connection when I was like, oh yeah, just the name, the Overlook Hotel. Yeah. Are we overlooking all of these atrocities? Like, oh my god, is that what it is? We've overlooked We've all overlooked these the atrocities the against movie. mankind. <laughs> Do we choose to overlook? the atrocities of the past. Uh, Is that what this whole thing's about? I thought
1: it was named that in the Stephen King book.
0: It is, but maybe it's been been in front of us the whole time. I did think, I did think out of all the... The the, typewriter thing is stupid. But out of all the theories that I read, I thought this one was the most like, I'm like, oh yeah, I could see this. That like little details, like all the Native American stuff, um, all of... The, the inclusion of that line about it being an ancient burial ground. Um, Halloran's death being the only person who's killed in the movie.
1: Yeah. And, and he's, that
0: was, that was a... he's not killed in the book. He's only killed in the movie. He doesn't die in the book. I've, I've looked it up. He does not die in the book.
1: He survives. Yeah, that's right. I think he and Wendy and the son died drive away together. Yeah. So it's like... Yeah, he does. That's right. He yeah, survives. Yeah, he does.
0: So... Kubrick included this very like, oh, the only person killed is a person of color. Yeah, I know. And like, is Grady representative of like colonial, like British colonialism? And then Jack is uh,
1: uh, American racism? I mean, who knows, man, I don't know. I don't know if he was that like political. I think
0: that this one has, I don't know if this was Stanley Kubrick's like main motivation. But I do think that there's enough there that I'm like, okay, yeah, Kubrick wanted to like, and the whole like, but that's not, Jack that's not a good abusing, way of
1: making a point. If you're just going to be so, and Jack abuses it. his son and his wife. Yeah. But if you're going to like make a point about racism, why would you be so, you know, sneaky about it? Why not just be like, this is a
0: thing. I think just so it wouldn't be so on the nose. Like Kubrick wasn't, a, he, Kubrick wasn't an on the nose guy. He liked symbolism. And he liked you to think about it. And I think it's very possible that I think that this was maybe not the main theme, but I definitely think this one is the most plausible
1: for a theme in the movie. I mean, it's the only one that seems like it could be possible because the other ones are all just opinions. This is an opinion too. Like
0: the Apollo one is
1: out there. Sure.
0: Jack is in hell. Sure. I even like, I didn't even include it in here, but I read this other one online, which like, and this one, I was like, okay, this is this is not plausible. I was like, I don't believe this one. But this guy, he made a YouTube video about it. It has like a million views. But his whole thing <laughs> because is people that,
1: just like to hear these crazy ideas. And I'll, I, I don't remember I'll, for the same reason people watch that two thirty seven documentary. Like yeah. I'll try to
0: fi- I'll try to find this YouTube video and put it in the notes for this podcast. But there's a YouTube video where this guy basically says that Jack fell asleep. And everything in the film is just his dream. It's a murderous dream, and there, And he said, according to his theory, there's a part in the film that stops being reality, and then it's just Jack's dream for the rest of it. Well, you could say that in any movie. And like his dream is just his book, so it's like you become. You're in Jack. You're no longer in the Overlook in real life. You're in his book. I mean, that's stupid. I could say that about Blade Runner. Yeah. Or. I didn't think that this Drop
1: dead friend.
0: Yeah, this one was... This one was the most, like... I I just didn't buy it. Like, I watched it, and I was like... I'm like, this video was 10 minutes long. And I, like, watched it, and I was like... "Eh," I'm like... it's It's a cool idea that what you're... Like, what the whole movie was was, like, his book. And the movie stops being the movie once he's, like, writing the book. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, this is why everything... You know, everything from Shelley... But all of these things can be explained. Like, Shelley Duvall, when she sees, like, the cobwebs and the, the skeletons mm. or whatever, I always think, and this is what I think The Shining's about for me, like, what my takeaway the first time I saw it versus the tenth time I saw it, I think that The Shining is a supernatural movie. I think that there's ghosts in the movie. And I think that people with The Shining are more... I think that... Uh, Wendy has it. I think that Jack has it. I think that Danny has it. I think that Halloran had it.
1: And yeah, I think... I don't think Wendy had it. I just think it got to the point where the hotel charged up its energy enough that it could start manifesting like scary stuff, like and I skeletons think, and cobwebs. And, and
0: stuff. I, I think it's kind of like Silent Hill in that it's whatever you are afraid of is what it's going to show you. So, yeah, I think for her because there's that line in the beginning of the movie where he's like Jack says something to the effect of she's a bona fide horror horror addict yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And I think for her. It wasn't this like Subliminal thing It was just like Boo Typical spooky She's afraid of cobwebs And skeletons
1: Although she's She sees the blood In the elevator right Because
0: she's A a horror movie fan So she sees that uh, Versus like Danny and Jack Are more on the same page So they see similar
1: stuff You wanna know something weird About that movie? (laughs) What's that? This is weird Because like I've always thought (laughs) This is so weird Before I even like saw this movie no no i saw them i don't remember when i first saw the movie i was older because i had avoided it because i didn't watch scary movies uh-huh but like when i watched that movie i feel like i had seen that movie before it's and all I, it's all your story no but it's also it sounds so silly to say it right now or to what we've been talking about but like i've watched that movie and i have these weird like pangs of like Reminiscence or like nostalgia or something and like it's something to do with like the music and it's something to do with that look When they're coming over the the lake up mm. into the mountains in the opening credits There's something very familiar to me about that and the lighting that like high-altitude Light that you have when mm. you're up at like 10,000 feet or whatever And I don't know if it's because I lived in Colorado and I was like surrounded by those mountains and like stuff like that but like I watched that movie and before, see, the thing is, I watch a movie very, like, sort of, you know, I guess uh, objectively or whatever. I don't, I don't like, scrutinize heavily when I watch like a movie. Mm-hmm. I just enjoy it for, like, the surface, you know, or emotionally. I'll see something and I'll just register with it. And I don't even think very much about what I'm feeling. I just let myself feel it. And then afterward, I'm like, oh, that movie may feel good because I related to this or that. But, like, I'll watch that movie and I'll always feel like some kind of... Uh, Emotional connection to it, where, and be, and and the point I'm making is that I never realized that what was meant like, oh, you've always been here. Like I glazed over those lines. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I never really concentrated on like, oh, this is about him, whatever reincarnated, or he's a, he's always been here as a ghost, or whatever it is. Like I just that kind of stuff just goes over my head because I just watch it for like you know, the surface of it. And you appreciate the shots and the music. I love like the cinematography and I love the music. Yeah, and I love the acting and I and I also just find it a very well composed film. I feel like it's very well executed, mm. and so like I I'll watch all his movies for that reason. Like you know, and then like I watch Full Metal Jacket, and I don't really remember if there's a lesson to be learned or whatever. I just watch it for what it is on the surface. But anyway, that's a point. Different. That's a whole different yeah. conversation. I mean, yeah. my point is that I don't like scrutinize and analyze these movies like these conspiracy theorists do. So it's weird to me how I've had like this sort of thing where I feel like I've I've, I've lived this movie before. I've seen this movie before sure. in some other weird way, but not knowing like this whole like thing about, oh, it's him. He's always been there. Like I never remembered that. But then there, but it's, it's not stuff about like him necessarily. It's about like the lighting. It's about like, and I don't yeah, know if it's yeah, because yeah. my mind is doing a deja vu sort of thing where like I was... 21, and I was in Estes Park in Colorado, and I saw this mountain light, and it looked like this. You know, I don't know if something like that's going on, but anyway, it's weird because I feel like I've seen that movie before. Before, I've yeah, seen
0: I think that there's something I feel similarly to The Shining, not like because of that, but um, The Shining is one of those movies for me, and I don't know if anybody out there feels the same way. But i feel like the shining has like kind of a hypnotic effect like if you're if 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 the shining rhythm
1: is really well yeah
0: and like if somebody starts playing the shining i'll sit down and watch it because i'm like oh it's one of those movies where i'm like i feel like there's a hypnotic yeah the story paces
1: out enough that you're like oh that's interesting like what's going to happen with that in in that way and also it's just like you said it's kind of almost a little hypnotic or like it's, it's, it's dreamlike yeah it's almost soothing in a way it's like okay this lumbering along here and like a lazy river
0: i think that that's one of the Barry most... Lyndon
1: is that way too the story is more exciting in the shining than barry Lyndon barry
0: but... is different in that like it's just beautifully composed shots but i feel like that movie is very boring
1: i think that story is good like the whole story of that it's guy slow for me it is slow but i do think the story is good
0: yeah, I mean, I feel I I think out of Kubrick and like granted, like Kubrick made other movies in like the '50s or whatever, mm-hmm. and but I feel like out of the movies that he's most remembered for, um, from that maybe like 20, 30 year time period, I I want to say starting at Doctor Strangelove, and then going to Eyes Wide Shut, I feel like Barry Lyndon is his weakest film, yeah. from those movies.
1: But then he did, um, I mean. Um. Well, he did the Fear and Desire movie, and that was just like whatever. That was yeah. his, maybe one of his first. I can't remember. Well, he's, he first did. First he did stuff before. Um, I like Doctor Strangelove. I don't I, actually like Doctor Strangelove. I find that movie pretty boring.
0: I see. I, I like that. And I, mean, I don't but, really get the jokes. Either. But I think that's the thing about Kubrick. It's like it's like take it. I think different people have different like fa- favorite films. Like I do like I like Full Metal Jacket. I don't
1: like war movies necessarily, but I like how that movie. I mean, I've seen that movie a few times. I've seen Doctor Strange I like, muscled my way through it. Yeah, once.
0: I like for me. I, I, I don't get me wrong. I really like 2001. I think 2001 is a great movie. I think The Shining is his. For me, I think The Shining. Is but you his,
1: also are. A, I, is his like she, you're like Wendy? You're a horror movie
0: buff. But different. It's different. I I think The Shining is his is his definitive his definitive film. I feel like. He got the best acting out of his act. I feel like he got the best performances out of his act. And granted, like, that's a whole different conversation with Kubrick. I think Kubrick 2001
1: did, would be more definitive. Kubrick
0: didn't use the best methods to get his yeah. perform. Like having Shelley Duvall and Jack Nicholson do 50 takes or whatever and just, like, really wearing them down.
1: But he does that with everybody good. in all the movies.
0: Well, I, I've seen a lot of interviews with him, like people like Tom Cruise or whatever, and basically they're like, if Stanley liked you and he trusted you, you could kind of like do whatever you wanted, but if he didn't feel like he was gonna get the best acting out of you, he was just grinding people down to get. But what also,
1: like I agree with him in the fact that he says, you know, I set up all this time, spent a year and a half getting ready to shoot this movie. Some of these movies took two years to make. Like, why would I just do three takes if the whole point of this experience yeah. is to get the shot right? I get it, and I know a lot of people often. Opting- also, he's the gifted in the way that he has been afforded almost all the time in the world like right. any filmmaker would would do the 100 not takes. any filmmaker a lot of filmmakers people like tarantino would or, take that opportunity yeah. just keep shooting, it and shooting or whatever it until it felt like it was right sometimes you get it right in the third take but sometimes yeah. it doesn't happen in the third take and you have to go 15 or 20 times
0: oh yeah no i mean i, I know a lot of people often lump kubrick in with like william friedkin um because i know Friedkin for the, Exor- the exorcist is another one of my favorite movies But there was a lot of like you know freaking like shot a real gun on the set and like stuff like that to like freak people out but it's like is the is like doing that type of thing to get the best and like wearing your actors down is that worth it to get the art that like you're trying
1: to create or is that just like i mean that's the point that's why they're there that's what it is it's like you're not gonna come you're gonna say you can come to my house and paint it red and then you paint it orange you're like well it's kind of red I'd be like, well, you have to paint it red now, because you told me you're gonna paint it red. Yeah, I mean,
0: there's a certain artistry to that. I think- Do you ever look
1: at your toes or something in your hand and think you're missing a toe <laughs> or a finger? This is where this conversation's going? Have have you no, ever you have d- them all. I do that since I look, I'll be like- Is there
0: supposed to be mean? an extra one here? It just
1: looks at a glance. I'm like, oh, am I missing a toe?
0: I can't say that I ever- You look... to me sometimes. I can't say that I ever look and wonder, am I missing an append? am I missing an appendage right now?
1: Well, just fingers and toes. <laughs> Sometimes I look and I'll be like, no. "Oh yeah, okay, that's all."
0: Got all, got all five right now. Yeah. I can't say I've ever had this, well, this sort of, this sort of vision. I will say back on the topic
1: that the, all those conspiracy theories are garbage, crackpot theories. The, the racism one, like, okay, you can maybe argue that, but like, that one's the most believable. Probably idea. not likely either, just because like he doesn't seem to have had any kind of. And like, I, there was some, there
0: were something. some other things that were total garbage that I was like. All right, I can't. Like they were
1: they were talking Well, like why yeah. don't they, you know, okay, tang. Okay, well what about the freaking uh there's like there's all those those Oreos that he's eating. Like why can't they make a combo Oreos and black and white people and an Oreo is black and white or why or like that movie that's yeah. playing on the TV when they're during the day and he's uh Jack is sleeping. And that movie is called I think it's called 1945 and it's about like the war ending. Like like these things would be like intelligent insertions because it's like, oh, he chose yeah. that. That would I, be more believable because that's I believe I,
0: tang. I believe I did, re, I do remember hearing something about that in the documentary where they were saying that that movie, because it was set during that time period, was part of the 1942 thing. But, yeah, but it's like D-Day or something. That movie is, the movie is so boring. I but it's something. just people, it's confirmation bias, I think, for a lot of this stuff, which for me, I agree a with you. beautiful
1: woman in that movie, though, I will say in the shining no in 1945 the one they're watching on tv
0: oh uh, um i i will say that you know I, I i love a good conspiracy theory however i think the only one that is plausible for me is that last one where like i think kubrick did want to make a statement about maybe. just you know like all these atrocities and it was all like cycling i feel like this had the most maybe compelling but also he didn't write it so but a lot of the things he put in there, so it's like some of the things like yeah. Halloran also
1: being, Diane Halloran Johnson, Johnson being or whatever her name was.
0: It was the both of them. Yeah. She wrote it too. Yeah,
1: so she has to be held accountable for this stuff as well. So why does she have a you know a need to expose the moon landing?
0: Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, I think at the end of the day, The Shining will still just be you know Kubrick is no longer alive. Unfortunately, I feel like we, he would have made some. I think he he still had i think he still had another good movie, like another great movie in him, which yeah. is unfortunate that he was relatively young, I think he was seventy yeah he was not old. Wasn't that old wasn't that old he had a heart attack uh, which is a bummer. I always
1: wondered about that It's like, oh yeah, he a heart attack was it because he put himself under so much stress for in the in his work, or was it because like probably a stress he ate steaks and stuff
0: i mean he was he he was very exacting, very demanding on himself. I'm sure that that put a lot of stress on his body. Um and 70 is like it's young-ish, but it's still like, yes, but that's when people old, but that's when people start having heart attacks and stuff like that. Or did the government use the heart attack gun on him? <laughs> because he made eyes wide shut. But that's a whole oh, different. God. That's a whole different conversation. That one' is really good. I like yeah, eyes eyes wide shut is another. You know Movie about secret society What is a the
1: heart attack on it This like sh- Creates a big boom And it scares you
0: No It's like It was this like Thing It was a CIA Weapon From like the 60s Or whatever That they <laughs> uncovered But it was basically Like they injected you With a chemical That like Gave you a heart attack Oh I thought it was A big bang No mode. it was like This thing It was like a They shot you with a dart That gave you a heart attack Or whatever So like It just became this like <laughs> like, like meme-y thing Or oh, it was like God. They shot you with a heart attack gun Or whatever uh, in any case I do think The Shining is if you've never seen it it's almost Halloween this is part of the reason that I wanted to talk about this on this episode it's getting into the spooky season it's
1: getting spookier getting it's getting chillier
0: it's getting spookier it's getting chillier I think The Shining if you've never seen it it's really really worth your time it's a really good movie it's it's a scary movie and it, it it's certainly one of my favorites I know it's one of I wouldn't call it a horror
1: movie though I'd call it a thriller because I don't yeah. Like, horror movies. I consider, like, Jason a horror movie. I don't think of, like... Different type. Yeah, like, I wouldn't consider, uh, you know... Um, what's that movie called? B- Blue Ruin. I wouldn't consider that a horror mm. movie. That's, like, a scary suspense thriller. But then, like, Green Room is a horror movie because there's a lot of gore and, like... Well, different... That's a different type of movie. I, I would classify the...
0: I think The Shining... It, it, the Shining is—it's a supernatural movie. It's a thriller. thriller. It's yeah. suspense. It's horror. It's like—I think it's all of the best out. And it's craft. Well, my point is,
1: you don't have to worry about any gore if you haven't seen it. There's only one not person really, yeah. that gets killed. And...
0: There's a, a little bit of a little bit of blood, but it's not—it's not crazy. It's not like
1: heinous. Yeah. No, it's artfully done.
0: Well, I think that's gonna—that's gonna wrap up today's episode of Unbelievable Mysteries. If you are uh, listening on the Anchor app. Uh, you can leave me a voicemail. You can leave me a voice message. It might get played in a future show. And if you're listening on iTunes, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it uh, if you leave a review. It helps everything get into the the whatever the whatever the algorithm is for, for iTunes. So if you can, please rate and review. And I also have a Patreon. It helps. It really, really does. Every dollar helps with a new podcast. It helps with new content. And I greatly appreciate everybody who has supported uh who has supported for for a long time now so thank you guys very much I know that Seth also has you have a patreon as well um are you doing more episodes seth has a podcast too called my own brother, brother. are you, you're you're doing more of that is that Z- my own brothers i've been on a a couple episodes of that it's a it's a very funny podcast uh actually yeah, I, yeah there's really, another
1: one to come out and then i've got i've got some stuff in the works but i guess it's just been swamped with the movie but you will be doing
0: more you'll be doing more podcasts or video, uh, casts, video I guess. yeah
1: i'm gonna do some more of the brother stuff but it's slow coming because between the charlene thing and my movie it's like i just really haven't had that much free time
0: well i will include a link to seth's patreon in the links to this as well um if you want to help support seth that helps him do more things like bring my own brothers or back yeah don't worry give it to tom well, support Seth as well. He's. I. I'm. This is your podcast. I. I. But no. No. I also. I supported. I supported your. Your film as oh, well. That's right. Yeah. Um. I am. Actually, I'm very much looking forward to this. So, Seth, I think, in the near future, we will get, something Kubrick esque.
1: Oh God! Don't even compare. it.
0: But can't wait for that to come out. Um, I think it's going to do it for I'm today's episode. It. Thanks for joining us on Unbelievable Mysteries. Thanks,
1: everybody thanks for having me as your shining guest this is the shining the shining the shining star shining for you here
0: all right everybody have a wonderful rest of your week and it's time to get ready for halloween but bye-bye if you like the show or have suggestions and or comments be sure to leave a message for the show via the anchor app And if you'd like to help support future content, consider supporting the Patreon for the podcast. Link for that is in the show notes.